0: Welcome to my Daily Dispatch. This is Brad Inman. So I'm going to tell you a little story before we get started today about my family heritage. We were brought up on my mother's side of the family being told that we were German and we went through our entire life thinking we were German. Oddly enough, my older brother wanted to be Irish, but we weren't. We were half German, a little bit of Irish on my dad's side. And lo and behold, later in life, rather recently in the last five years, my brother and I did our DNA. And what did we discover? We, on my mother's side, are all Irish. I have no clue why my grandmother and my great-grandmother and my mother went through life telling us we were German. Maybe the Irish at the bottom of the barrel back in the Depression. I don't know. But I am Irish, at least three quarters, according to my DNA. And I'm really excited today because I have one of my favorite Irish people on our podcast, The Daily Dispatch Today, and that is none other than Brian Bufino, who many of you know, if not all of you, and guess what? I think, Brian, welcome. You were born and raised in Dublin, Ireland.
1: Yes, sir. I, uh, Brad, your stock price just went up like, you know, Microsoft in the 90s, I, I got to tell you. And, you know, there's a reason why my grandfather actually came to the States before the Great Depression. There's a reason why they told people they were from different places. Um, The old no Irish need apply was part of the deal. So good news is Irish people have been through a lot of stuff like famines and immigration and stuff like that. So we learned a few tricks along the way. And uh, it certainly uh, it makes for a resilient bunch.
0: Yeah, there you go. Now, you you came over here. They let you in, Brian. That's good news. In 1986 (laughs) with your family or by yourself. I I
1: came over on a holiday. I was a soccer player. I had, no. had, we just won a national championship, I came over. My goal was to come to California. I wanted to get a suntan and meet suntan girls. No. And um, I'm still pale and I married an African American. So sometimes your plans turn out differently than they're supposed to, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And in fact, if you have an open mind and you're flexible and you don't have a lot of plans and let things come to you as they will, you, you'd you be surprised mm-hmm. um, is, is one of my philosophies. Hey, now you got into, uh, you know, part of this is getting to know our leaders and, you know, what they're inspired by. And I think the Inman audience certainly has overlap with your audience. But uh, we probably have a lot of people who don't know you that well. And I always ask people, is there something in your past or your life that inspired you to cope with events like today? And you you had quite the incident I heard about um, when you were a young man with a motorcycle accident. Tell us about that real
1: quick. So, you know, my background, obviously, I grew up, I grew up poor which was n- not news in ireland not ireland in the 60s and 70s a third world economic country so i came out here on a holiday um and i got run over by a car i was riding a motorcycle and uh serious injury gangrene all that stuff gonna amputate my leg at one stage wow. so they end up putting all kinds of rods and screws in my leg and so on and so forth so i couldn't even leave so i'm 19 years of age i'm uh you know, 7,000 miles away from home, and I'm 250 grand in debt, which 33 years ago, you know, it's, it's it'd be in the millions today. And um, so that's where I started. So, you know, the, the good news is, and, and I'm still a big fan of this, and I know it's a little corny, but, you know, if if I doubt, I don't know how many other countries in the world, if that had to happen, and you start like that, that you could go on and have the, the free swing and success you can have afterwards, you know, like you can here in the States.
0: Hey, that's not corny at all. I'm a patriot. In fact, someone was talking about how did China recover so quickly or allegedly did from mm-hmm. the coronavirus and what well, was an autocratic, non-democratic, you know, government imposed whatever they did, right? Right. But I actually think we're going to come through this with the true American spirit, which has mm-hmm. always saved this country. So I'm kind of a corny patriot as well. Good. Now, how did, so you're in Southern California, you recover from the motorcycle accident. How did you get the real estate bug in you? Did you start selling real estate? So,
1: you know, I, I, let's see, I have no money. I know nobody. I have no contacts. I have a two year degree. Uh, so I'm not qualified to do anything. And I see a sign in an ERA real estate window says, we wow. train real estate agents for free. And I went right price. I, the only <laughs> thing I knew about housing was I grew up as a painter. So I knew how to paint houses. So I went in, they offered free training. I got in the game. I went after it. I took a sweat hogs course, if you remember Floyd Wickman.
0: Oh, and, yeah.
1: Uh, I got the ball rolling and uh, I rolled up my sleeves. And, you know, early on, you know, you, you and I both kind of have similar paths in certain ways because at the time, you know, the only way to sell real estate was, you know, find them, fleece them, and forget them. Cold call, door knock, uh-huh. expired, fisbo. And yeah. very early on, I was like, that, this, this, it didn't jive with my culture. It didn't jive right. with the hospitality. It didn't jive with how I was raised by my father and grandfather, how to, take care of a customer so i threw myself into i'm okay i was i was 20 years old i'm like i'm gonna build a business for life i i had that decision right off the bat and then and it worked you know within two years people could tell i was in it for more than just a commission check i was in it to build relationships i was in it to serve i was in it to do the right thing i was debt free in two years and i was a millionaire by the time i was 26 and uh, after the races we went
0: that's a great American story. A millionaire at 26. Yeah. Hey, now, now, how did you go? And I got to preface this, Brian. You may not know this, but I'm kind of a cynic about self-help books Sure. and coaching. Uh, I had an ebook company once and God, our bestsellers are, were self-help books. Yeah. I, I know all these coaches, um, and they all seem to be from Southern California, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I don't know what's the, the water there that all the self-help people come from—North San Diego County or yep. Southern Orange County. But um, so I preface over that, but I know you're going to persuade me because you're you're a man of words. This Irish brogue you got going here. Yeah. Um, but tell me how you made the switcheroo from selling real estate to coaching. Did you see a big gap there with agents needing people like you?
1: Well, it's funny, right? It's like a funny thing happened on the way to the the, the theater, right? I the, the thing was that I just put head and rear down. I mean, let's be honest, you know, it sounds great. And, and look, no one's more skeptical of the self-help movement than I am because I've booked hundreds of speakers and I've booked, you know, I mean, I, we sell a lot of these books in regards to promoting them to our database and wherever else. And you know, you meet a lot of folks and to be honest with you, there is a lot of clay feet in the business, you know, and I'm not just talking about the real estate business. I'm talking about the, the I'm oh, actually yeah. work. I'm working on a book right now called Kitchens and Dumpsters, The Demented Life of a Motivational Speaker. That's the book I'm working on.
0: And, oh, I like um, that. Great title.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I didn't get into this for that reason. I was head and rear down. You know, it sounds great. I was a millionaire by 26. Here's the thing. I was working my arse off. I was in a state of—you talk about fight or flight. You know, I'm an immigrant. I know nobody, and it sounds great when I'm telling you the story. But the truth of the matter is, I was scared every day of the week. You know, I wouldn't answer my phone at my home because the bill collectors were pounding me. I, I couldn't pay my bills. I didn't have insurance. So, did what happened for way, me Brian, was I started going I to like, these
0: seminars. You know, before I, I don't want to, yeah. you off, I'm going to keep. I want to keep the flow going on here, but yeah. let's translate right that moment of um, uh, being in that situation where you're busted, you have lots of bills, you got a lot of pressure, you're scrambling to what could be the story for probably a lot of your customers and my readers in the next couple months. Yeah. Um, how the heck um, How the heck do, do people get through that? I mean, right. give us some tips right now. And well, Shaw Shank man Sh- about the-
1: Shawshank Redemption. Redemption, get busy living, get busy dying. You know, yeah. there's people who are going to get bitter and there's people who are going to get better right now. There's changes coming. You know, this yeah. is going to be 90 days that changed America. Yeah. And you're going to get either bitter or you're going to get better. You're a very innovative guy. And that's one of your creative outlets. And I think that's going to be one of the sources that happen. I, I think this, the average person, the reason why self-development is a, a gold mine, is because everybody knows they got a little bit more in them. And what happened for me was there was a 70-year-old guy in a real estate office who handed me a book by Ogmandino that said, the greatest salesman in the world. And I went, it just things I hadn't thought about, expanded my mind. I did go to a seminar. It was a success seminar put on by a guy who's been proven to be a charlatan, by the way. His name was Peter Lowe. And he's a charlatan. But he had Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Tom Hopkins, mm. and, and um, Lou Holtz, all of who became uh, friends of mine in the last t- 30 years. Wow. And I listened Depressive to these guys, list. yeah, and I went, man, these guys know something I don't. And that's when I became a student, and I started taking successful business people to lunch. And you're talking about electronically. You know, a lot of really successful people are sitting at home right now, and yeah. you can reach out to them. I've talked to many, many successful people. As you know, I've talked to people, Ben Carson and these, those, I wouldn't normally be getting those folks on the phone. They normally wouldn't be available. So I think self-development is the key. But don't be naive. You know, don't be naive. Don't, you know, there's no magic pill. There is no secret. There is, I promise you that. There's no secret. It's going to look like hard work. It's going to look like a character development. It's going to look like grinding. It's going to look like budgeting. It's going to look like investing. And it's going to look like taking a long time. You know, Brian,
0: Brian, you got me convinced. Will you be my coach? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I realized, yeah, I was wrong all these years. You got I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, dude. I love it.
1: Now that I know that you're Irish, I might, I might look into it.
0: Oh, okay. I'm sure it'd be too expensive for my budget. But <laughs> hey, Brian, one thing you just said is so right on. Um, people are sitting at home. I used to tell my reporters and anybody, salespeople, I said, who are you talking to? I talking to the director of marketing. Or I'm talking to the PR person. I said, call the CEO. You would be surprised. He's just sitting there. His phone will ring and he might yep. pick it up. But now... There's only one big shot that turned me down for one of these interviews, and I'll leave him nameless. But mm-hmm. um, people are sitting around with time in their hand. Anyone that says they're too busy, you know, yeah, we're all too busy. You course. know, I'm
1: working or I'm working around the clock. But here's the thing: it took. You, you know, we laughed yesterday when we talked. It took a global pandemic to finally get us together. We've been trying to yeah. connect for years.
0: Isn't it beautiful, like you and I? It's. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally digging this. Like I want to be your 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 assistant now. I really do. <laughs> hey, <laughs> tell me this: you're talking. I mean, your customers are everyday working realtors, correct? Yep. yep. What, from the front line, what are you hearing? And what does the industry need to do right now um, to help these people through, I think, what could be, you know, a really tough summer?
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be a tough summer. It's going to be a brutal April, I promise you that. Um, You know, I just talked to a a very close friend of ours. Her daughter is 16 weeks pregnant. She's in a medically induced coma because of coronavirus. You know, this stuff hits home. None None of this stuff's going to be real until you know someone in the midst of it. And it's coming, you know, and that's part of it. But, you know, I did I did a podcast with Lawrence Yoon called This Too Shall Pass. And it was big time picture of the big time economy. And this is going to pass. But, you know, cracks in the models are going to be exposed. We're definitely going to see that. And cracks in people's businesses are getting exposed right now. So one of the things that's surprising from, our, from our, you what know, we have 22,000 members, they serve three and a half million clients in their database there's multiple offers still going on there's transactions still going on Um, i'm involved in a couple of commercial real estate where is is that
0: brian i don't want to blow smoke up yeah my customers but here what what, what, multiple offers i mean that's not as common right i mean is it really going on
1: well you gotta remember there's there's still as crazy as this sounds you know again it's a trailing effect this thing there's not multiple going on offers going on in new york city we we know that There's not multiple offers going on in cook county chicago yeah a third of the country still has you know remarkably low numbers now there's people who were looking who submitted offers there's people who are getting ready to bail who are continuing on there's people who are doing virtual tours there's people who are submitting offers subject to an inspection of the property within a week of the closing wow so they've written contracts to go we're gonna we're, we're looking at this the homeowners are facetiming the prospective buyer and agent They're actually beyond the virtual tour. They're walking through, they're writing the offers. In some cases, this is going on in California where people are going, I'm gonna write the offer and it's gonna be subject to a physical inspection a week before close. Now, whether that happens or how that happens, can you put on the gloves and wash the hands and do the thing for one person come through the house? Probably, probably. So title companies are still open. For the most part, look, it's, 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 it's a different season. You know, what am I telling my members? You know, now is the time to get trained. Now is the time to get skilled. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Look, I'm 33 years in the business. I've never seen the industry as ineffective as it is right now. I've never seen negotiation skills be so poor, presentation skills so poor. Um, the industry be, we we've kind of we've kind of deflected to technology, and they've lost the skill sets. And I'm talking about pros. I'm talking about people who've been in the business for years. Well, let's, Brian, of, let's
0: let's get under let's get underneath that. Some would say. The profession has gotten better, and um, you know there are more professionals. They are more educated. They're more with it. You're, you're describing a whole different trend. What is that about? Tell me, and why is that? That sounds horrible. I mean, now more than ever, consumers are smart. They're with it. They're more intelligent. They, they expect great service. Is it because there's too many realtors, too many untrained realtors. What the heck's going on there? That doesn't sound good at all.
1: Well, you know, there's there's a lot of realtors, right? We know that the average sales agent, and this is always the number, and this has always been my discussion with NAR they never would release the sales agent, realtor uh, uh, income number. They'd always do just realtors. And I would argue, I go, that's, you know, you're including broker revenue and giant brokers and that, and it skews the numbers. So finally, two years ago, they finally gave up the ghost. And, you know, you're looking at, you know, 32 grand in gross commissions, you know, for the average realtor. You're looking at 500,000 agents that sold less than a home, right? So you have this giant population, you have people who are not getting it done. But the other dynamic is, Look at this. You and I are having a face-to-face conversation with Zoom. Right. We've gotten to the point where realtors just, everybody emails over a contract. Yeah. Conversations over the phone. Nothing face-to-face with a seller. Nothing face-to-face with a buyer. Um, hot markets produce slack skills. I mean, let's be honest with you. If we could eat Oreo cookies, drink beer, and do whatever else and lose weight, eat pizza, uh, we'd all be doing it. You know? You'd do it all the time.
0: That's, that's what I've been doing since the pandemic. <laughs> then, it's, it's not working at all. So you're right on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right, so
1: the thing is, you know, what's happened is, on, on one hand, the technologies have sped things up. The, the thing about it is the consumer is more concerned, more connected, more technologically savvy. They don't need to know about the school systems. They know the school systems. But, yeah. and this was before the pandemic, what we're seeing, especially with the younger group, they're more anxious than ever before. And they're coming to realtors in a higher percentage than ever before. We got to be more skillful. You know, we just got to be more skillful. And uh, so now is the time, so, you know,
0: Actually, I think time. you know. I was telling this to the CEO of C21, Mike, I said, uh, I'm waiting for a real estate company. And I think it's going to happen with realtors because it's in their nature. Mm-hmm. This is the time for a company to just really stand out, do something spectacular mm. that your brand will be remembered for long yeah. after the pandemic. Um, you know, as I always say, reach, you know, dig deep, reach high and do something significant. Uh, right now, for your customers, for everybody in the world, and it, it, yeah, I think that same thing applies to every realtor. This is a time to dig deep, reach yes. out, even though it's not in you, because you will be remembered, you know, afterwards, uh, if nothing else.
1: Now's the time to serve, you know. And I, I, there's two things there you brought up, and, and I'll address. I'll address the second one first, which is. Brett, I will do a Facebook Live once in a big blue moon, right? Not very often. People will go, "Hey, can you do this?" And I might get ten or twelve thousand people. I'm getting a hundred thousand people live every Friday right now. That's beautiful. We, we used to do a podcast once a week. We're doing two podcasts a week, and yep. we're going out and getting some of the biggest and brightest stars and the biggest names. Uh, you know, I've got the Attorney General of California next week. I we've you know, I've leaned into NAR to finally, you know, okay, what's going on? What's you guys are at the bargaining table. Tell us what's going on. Yep. So the thing is now's the time to invest in your, in the people, you know, and, and people will remember, you know, if, if you meet an emotional need, you, you make a deposit in people's trust account, you know, and now is not the time to be a salesman. Now is a not the time to be even trying to do business. We're just telling our customers feed into your, into your database, give them a good energy. You know, we've been here before in this regard, Brad, in September 11th, you know, at the time, all hell broke loose. We were expecting more uh, terrorist attacks. You know, the country was in a total state of shock. We told our members, here's what we want you to know. That, at that stage, you could get out and about. But we said voice-to-voice, face-to-face with as many people in your database as you can. And do nothing than then be a, a voice of reassurance and let them know this too is going to pass. And just let them, can I, can I be of any help? Is there anything I can do for you?
0: Yeah. That, let like, me ask you this. I, and they 9/11. did it. I hear the, and I think your points are the same, but I do think unlike 9-11, yeah. we all felt for New York. We all loved New York. Yeah. Um, you know, we had maybe friends or family who, who perished and we were all in momentary fear about maybe they'll hit LA next or the Golden mm-hmm. Gate Bridge. For sure. However, unlike then, the pandemic is every state, yeah. every city. Um, you know, eventually you're going to have a friend. Uh, or a colleague who's, who's you know, gotten the virus or has died. So it is a little bit different. For but sure. anyway, I don't want to argue semantics. Yet. No, no, I you're right. Really...
1: I mean, you're totally right on. You're totally right on. Yeah, and, the, and, the point and I, I was making the, there was- i to
0: tell the Inman readers, by the way, if there's yeah. a way for them to, uh, and I'm telling this to everybody, but Brian, you in particular, you are getting in touch with some really important people they're making. Not, they're not just influential people, but they're making, and not just making influential decisions, they are, they are acting, you know, like the Secretary of HUD and, you know, the, as you said, the Attorney General in California. They're making decisions that affect our lives right now, and they're making them really fast and furious, and we're seeing really decisive leaders. We should make sure the Inman readers can plug in to what you're doing, Brian, because we're a news organization. We're trying to cover this fast and furious every hour, every day. But you're in touch with these people. So um, I would encourage my, my listeners here, you know, plug into Brian here because he, he these podcasts are really friggin' amazing. And I got to admit though, Brian, I'm competing with you. I'm doing two or three podcasts a day. So I'm, I'm not That's reaching the, the audience you are, but I'm kicking your ass on the number of podcasts. Here's the thing. I'm kidding, Brian.
1: No, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Right now, there can't be enough good information out there. Right now, there exactly. can't be enough good insight right now. And it's, it's far from it. And I'm, I'm a firm believer, one hand washes the other, both hands wash the face. I, I think there's a lot more to be done. You just said something very powerful, which is it's time to step up. Well, you're stepping up. I'm stepping up. Buffini companies company stepping up. Real estate companies, I hope they step up. They, they got problems. You know, any of them that are publicly traded, I mean, we know what's going on with the stock prices. There's major free falls going on for many of these companies. There's companies that have models that are built on, you know, uh, highly leveraged, Investment dollars that you know that's going to pucker up here real soon. And, yeah. and I promise you this 90 days from now, you're going to start seeing some significant changes to the real estate business that have been coming for a couple of years. And retail's already taken the step, retail has taken advantage of the opportunity. I, I, Cheesecake Factory, seven days into this, Cheesecake Factory said all 300 stores were not paying our rent. Now, yeah. there's no way they were in a fiscal response. Position that they only had seven days in the bank. You know what I'm saying? They know they have some stores that are packed out to the the gills, and other places not. They're going to use this to right size Macy's, Gannett. It's going to happen in real estate, and this this uh, this virus and the consequences of this virus is going to shake up the real estate business big time.
0: Absolutely. Hey, Brian, let me ask you uh, one last question, kind of, and and some last words to our audience. But yeah, take me back again to. Uh, when you were broken, you were poor and you were struggling, and I don't know, back then you may have been, back then I was a smoker, you made a smoker, picked up butts off the sidewalk to get another, <laughs> another hit, but um, go back to right now, you know, someone's looking at their bank account, it's, yeah. it's, it's running down to the end, and uh, they're not seeing these transactions close. Um, Hustle for revenue, cut your costs. I mean, I think we know the fundamentals, but anything you can share about how to scratch and hustle and get yourself at least through the summer. Cause I think all of us will be better off, I'm hoping and who knows, but in the fall.
1: I think it's a great question. And I I would say that I've never shared this before. Here's what I did. I had bills coming in and I would had a, I was renting a room in a house and a big mantelpiece over the fireplace. And I would put the bills in. And when the bills came in, I'd put them in the back. And when they fell off the front of the mantelpiece is when I read them. I mean, this is, I've always been a systems guy. This is, it was pretty desperate times. So what I decided to do was this, rather than give over emotionally to the fact that I'm overwhelmed by these bills, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm a stranger in a strange land. My family's poor. What am I going to do? I'm a new realtor. I did this. I made a decision that I was only going to be poor two days a month. The day the bill came and I read it, and the day I was supposed to pay it. So I, I literally did it on the 1st and the 15th. And then I spent the other 28 days, and I acted as if I didn't have any bills. And I acted as if I was a successful realtor. And I acted as if, and I, I, I did the activities that you would do. And I kind of convinced myself, 28 days a month, I'm fine. And two days a month, I was OK to have a hissy fit. And that's what I did. And I was, I was 20 years old at the time. but. It, it, it took me from a plate of complete overwhelm, and I was, I was on the brink of either heading for depression or heading for success, and that's the truth of it. I was on that knife edge, and many people are on that knife edge. And I just say, you know, our mind is very, very powerful, and if we'll put our mind to work, you know, do the basic activities, do the fundamentals, uh, you, you will, you're gonna come out of this okay. This is not, with the last time we went through this, Brad, it lasted six years. This is not gonna last six years, probably six months.
0: That is a great story and thank you for sharing that. So I've been asking people what's on their bucket list after the pandemic. I won't ask you that, but uh, what's on my bucket list after the pandemic, Brian, is to drive over from Palm Springs to Orange County and you take me to a pub and I assume you still drink a beer or two. If not, we can have a Coca-Cola. But let's let's have a beer together and uh, you let's bet. plot let's plot our next ten years together, okay?
1: Well, rather than a corona, we can have a Guinness and uh, we'll have a good time together.
0: I'll do a half and half with you. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> You're Great, the best so Brian. thanks for having me on, Brad. Okay, we'll talk soon. This is Brad Inman. Uh, just finishing up with Brian buffino I'm a superstar fan now of his. And uh, this is Brad Inman checking out.